Hello, and welcome to the UKH podcast. We're discussing topical areas with leading experts, and today's episode will see a lively discussion around technology and its place in hospitality. And this includes insights such as... We are a year in without a single moan from any guest. But now the conversation's changing because now it's thinking, well, how do we make this sustainable for the long term? Taking away the mundane so we can deliver the spectacular. This is the UKH Insight Series. The pandemic has forced many businesses and consumers to adapt quickly to a more digital way of working. And we're seeing new innovations in how tech is integrated and data is integrated in good decision-making across our businesses. As we start to emerge from the latest lockdown, it's not hard to see that things have changed and there are elements of the new normal that are likely to stay with us for the foreseeable future. Today, we're going to discuss the role of technology in a post-pandemic world with insight from those closest to one of the innovative technology solutions, which has helped countless hoteliers navigate the new landscape thrown up by lockdowns, COVID regulations, and ensure that they can better meet guest expectations so we can explore how customers are reacting, what they'll be expecting going forward, and how we can exceed expectations. I'm Kate Nichols. I'm Chief Executive at UK Hospitality. And with me today is Neil Tolley, Director at 14IP, Direct Experts in Telephony, Networking and Security for the Hospitality Industry, and creators of the AI platform Evolution Virtual Agent, known as Eva. We also have David Woodward from Aruba, Experts in Networking and Connectivity. And finally, David Pride, Head of IT, Strand Palace Hotel, and Chair of the Hospital IT Committee, who will share their first-hand experiences of how they found implementing and using technology, including some unexpected benefits for guests. Welcome to you all. Thank you for joining me. Uh, and just to cover off and particularly look at uh, the growth and the use of new technology, the implementation in hospitality that we've seen. David, I'm going to come to you first as the hotelier. How have you seen the change in pace of technology and the implementation of technology as we've gone through the COVID crisis? I think fundamentally, the te technology has been bubbling along quite steadily in the industry, but it was uh, there was a, a dramatic sharp rise. Operationally for hotels, we had the sudden introduction of remote working, which for a people-to-people, person-to-person type industry was quite foreign, particularly for smaller hotels. And that's forced an element of change, which then has opened their eyes to the possibilities and sort of the, the, the wonderful thing that says, why have I been paying for all this office space when actually everyone can work from home and I've now got more potential to run events or whatever the space might be. But it's also created uh, an abundance of technology and therefore created a slightly more confusing market for people. And Neil, you're, you're providers of a tech solution. Uh, what's your experience been like in terms of demand for, for technical solutions and digital solutions over the past year and a half? And has the pandemic created that dependency on digital platforms? Well, it's been a mixed environment, like David said, really. Um, initially, total shock uh, and, the, and a reversal of roles of um, vendors paying customers rather than the other way around. Um, and then I think as a, an industry, and I don't mean technology, I mean hospitality, everybody got together to innovate. 
um, ideas that have been around and perhaps looked at, thought about, the fast forward button was pressed. And very often, as huge as the hospitality industry is and is forward thinking on many things and technology, it's very often far behind and slow on the uptake um, for a multitude of reasons. Remember, scale is one of them. You, you can't just buy one of anything. It's thousands, tens of thousands. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about was providing artificial intelligence to handle guest inquiries. Could be verbally. We, we've all you know, phoned an airline or a bank and been answered and asked for your account details, et cetera, and transposing that into a hotel um, to try and alleviate costs. And also we've got the, the, um, the situation with um, seemingly no staff anywhere. And that's the same across all the 22 countries that we operate in. Um, so we, we spoke to our customers about that solution and there was huge interest immediately. It really was like the fast forward button was pressed. We'd been pushing for years. We deployed, it was successful and we're now able to roll out. But what's, what's then become apparent is as we've deployed the solutions, there's a difference in the infrastructure that some hotels have that we didn't realize. So sometimes it's more successful than others. And then in different locations, you've got different types and ages of guests who ask for things and demand things in certain different ways. We all know on this call that you know, hotels are you know, huge amounts of different integrated systems, way more than a bank or an airline, actually. So being able to integrate those systems so that if a guest phones up, we know who they are, we can recognize them, you know, thank them for the loyalty and create a ticket if they want more towels or the light bulb's gone or they want to order room service or we want to take a payment. There's a huge amount of things. And it became a, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Um, and incredibly successful. So we've seen a, a skyrocket in interest. And then as that's gone in, we, see, we can then see what the guests and the callers are actually asking for which was we kind of knew about, but didn't realize the power. So we know uh, by city, time of day, day of week, what type of guest is asking for what, what time of day. Um, and then, of course, in different types of properties, um, you know, older people like me um, prefer to phone people up and speak to them, look them in the face, whereas we all know younger people tend not to want to do that. They'd much rather look down at a smart device and tap away um, and ask for those towels or whatever in that way. So we've had to act, um, react even quicker. But the take-up and the interest from the industry has been huge to be able to react uh, and take that strain off while still looking after the guests um, and being able to cover the fact that it's very difficult to recruit staff. And I think it's also opened people's eyes to what technology can actually do. And it was, it's actually cheaper and more efficient in many ways than the, ways that the, the way things were being done before. Yeah, I mean, that certainly resonates with what we've heard from, from our members, that that pace and scale of change and innovation and implementation has, has been dramatically brought forward and freeing up the staff to do what they do best with that, that added value experience. David, just, just turning to Aruba, have you, does this also resonate with you? I mean, obviously, you enable a lot of this technological change to be implemented and things to be integrated. Are you seeing a bigger and faster uptake than previously? I think within that, there's... Um... It's more of been learning, right? And I think where people would like to be compared to where they are today, they're two very different things. And there's been a big shift. And the, the thing that I saw come to market, which was most common, was moving to digital menus for ordering. And if going into, even outside of hotels, going into pubs and everything else, 
that's where all businesses went to. Now, in terms of the initial solutions, people are in a very good place to get them deployed quickly to service that requirement at that time in terms of COVID and people wanting to limit spread. And that, that's really where we, we saw that first implementation, but now the conversation's changing because now it's thinking, well, how do we make this sustainable for the long term? And then actually, how do we bring this into our business or these sorts of, and the things that Neil mentioned as well, how do we bring these sorts of technologies into the business's sustainable way of improving guest experience, but also changing the way that staff operate? And I think genuinely in that first six months, I was thinking, you know what, this is going to be great for our Aruba business, because this is where we've been positioned for a very long time. But what I hadn't really anticipated was this change of learning and change of understanding, which had to take place before organizations really saw the value. And I think both Neil and David talked touched on really interesting points where actually the role of IT is changing, where IT in hospitality is now being seen as something that can really innovate a business, but also change the operating model. And this scales from your budget hotels all the way through to your five stars. But the way that that technology is going to be deployed is going to be different. And the key thing in my mind is making sure that that technology platform is in place to enable this change because everyone's going to have people from different sides of the business, whether that's marketing, wanting to push digital marketing campaigns, or you've got people within the, the F&B side wanting to enable new applications. However, if the infrastructure is not there to be able to support these new things, you're destined to fail. And I think this has been the educational point that we've been speaking about. But when we talk about that scale in the industry as well, the level of technology will, will range. Budget hotels, I, I can foresee that they will move to more uh, of a leaner operating model. Neil touched on the hiring challenges, but also in terms of lowering that cost of actually employing people and moving to a more automated way of servicing guests, I think will really play. However, when you go into the five-star market, the whole industry is based on experience. Having those physical touch points throughout your stay is hyper important. So regardless of where a hotel is on the scale, it's going to be a hybrid model and how much an organization invests in one way or another will depend on actually where they sit in the market. So to answer the question, in terms of accelerating it, obviously there's been the more financial challenges which have been going around, but it's also made people appreciate the role of that, what I, the, the role of IT and how that plays into the broad organisation. And how are you finding that, David, at, at a sort of hotel level about using these new technologies? Clearly, initially it was, it was force majeure. We had to do some of these technological changes in order to meet COVID requirements. Embedding it longer term, operationally, how is that going forward? Um, I think it's, it's interesting because traditionally the technology has been focused at the millennials and there's been a, a you know, a, a, a sort of a, a future looking uh, view for, for technology. But this has actually accelerated it to the point now that the, the people that were traditionally the I need to call and look them in the eyes are more, much more accepting of using the technology and embracing it. Fundamentally, it's got to be underlined that the technology is intuitive. The minute it, if you have to explain it, then it's, it's, it's automatically going to be in the too hard basket. Um, but we're certainly seeing people expecting and wanting to engage. One of the things that we're looking at here is not least with the employment, but is taking away the mundane so we can deliver the spectacular because that's, that's the underpinning piece. We're struggling to recruit on those 
mundane roles that necessarily don't pay well. They're not necessarily people seeing a career path and things like that. And we can use technology to take that away or certainly to ease it and to make it a much better service. And that's sort of our, our point is to use technology as a point of engagement. So it would be less contact, more engagement. That's really helpful. And how important has it also been in rebuilding that consumer confidence, which is so key to coming back out into our town and city centres, into our venues? Has technology also helped in that respect? Uh, without a doubt. And, and also because people are certainly you know, booking more online, so we, we can already see you know, shifts in terms of direct bookings and online bookings versus the traditional voice contact, although that's still there. It's the voice is more internal, as Neil was highlighting. It's that sort of understanding what's going on in my hotel. Um, and interesting, one of the things that I've also been exploring is some of those requests and where we're looking at using artificial intelligence and, and automated business process was around our internal things and not just the customer facing things, but actually how hotels operate within the departments and the workflows. But it's definitely growing and customer confidence is there. I think the biggest thing is you've got to get that infrastructure and then go very carefully about what's the priority of, of which investment, you know, which technology do I need to invest in? An in-room ordering app for a 50-bedroom hotel may be unnecessary, but you might, if a much larger one, yet yeah, it becomes more of a priority over something else. And I think that's where, as Neil says, it's going to be a, a hybrid model. And Neil, obviously you're seeing hotels and, and clients that you work with implementing the use of Eva as a response to COVID as, as part of bringing back this consumer confidence, tackling the, the, the issues that we had as, as we went through restrictions. How are you seeing that changing the guest experience in a positive way going forward? And, and do you see this as being a sort of a temporary or a longer term investment? We hope it's not temporary, <laughs> just from a personal point of view. But um we were, and the hotels were wary, and I, I think I've got a question for David Pride, actually, as well. So when we deployed the first uh, AI pilots, they went into big five-star hotels mainly and huge resorts. So I'm fortunate enough to be sat in Orlando at the minute, and we piloted in some one, two, three thousand bedroom resorts here, and we all braced ourselves because we thought the customers would complain. We are a year in without a single moan from any guest. All we've had is very positive feedback. And indeed, David mentioned dealing with the mundane. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Can we take away regular requests, be it verbal, on a WhatsApp, on a text, on a web chat, in your brand app, and just deal with it with the consistent messaging in, in every form so that the guest gets dealt with quickly and the staff that you do have can provide that the exceptional. And that's what it's really all about. As we've gone through this though, uh, and again, new, totally new for us, and I'm not sure, this is where I'm, I'm asking David really, is we've now ended up not dealing with IT. We go to them because that's the people we know. So I mean, we'll go to David, hello David about this, but then we're ending up dealing with operations because this is guest facing. And it's, you know, we're wanting, as I mentioned before, can we recognize the guest name? Can we say thank you for being a gold member, recognize the loyalty? Whatever it may be for a different brand or individual property, we end up dealing with operations. And that's a big shift for us because we're not used to it and it's different questions and requirements. But it's also a shift for the hotel IT teams. All of a sudden their vendors are, are 
speaking to different people and, and it's been quite a big change and I was just obviously we're coming in from one particular angle I, I wondered if that was widespread and, and has caused any changes within hospitality companies too that's it's been coming for a while but I think yeah again with all the new apps and things because when we talk about an app the app is is just a, a delivery and enabler platform. It what really comes in is marketing and room service saying, well, we need these lead times. Where this is our this is our current process. The challenge has been and working with the vendors, IT sitting in the middle as as that conduit to say, yes, we have the infrastructure or we have the technology and we can support this. But fundamentally, a lot of people feel they wanted to pick up their existing way of working and just replicate it into into technology. And it's, it's the technologists that have come in and bringing in suddenly marketing are interested in room service because it has a point of guest engagement, et cetera. But because of that, you then people challenged the, why do we do it this way? Why, why don't, you know, why do we get them to pay for it when we deliver the meal? Why don't they just pay it right at the beginning? Because then it's out of the way. And as soon as they arrive, they're not looking for their card and all of that. They can sit down and enjoy their fantastic room service or whatever the, the, the option they've chosen so for me that's working positively because we're seeing challenges to the operation and people are getting better better engagement better efficiencies and it, it works very well the role of the IT manager is becoming more more um, much more of a crossover so fortunately we can't be an expert in every piece of technology and then similarly in the operations we need to act as that conduit to the other other departments to make sure that you know, uh, if I'm working with room service and I start talking about things, I need to make sure I act as a conduit to finance that we have controls in place and where, you know, it's aligned to the stock control or all those sorts of things. Similarly, um, when we talk about content, consistent messaging. So involving marketing and communications departments because we want the look, the messaging to be the same, whether it's app, phone, direct bookings, um, you know, people just walk in the door and talk to someone in the desk. You asked about, is it going to stay? Is it here for good? And I think the answer is, if it yeah. provides a good service, if it does the job and the guests like it, it's not going anywhere, is it? No, just moving us on as well. So, you know, there's clearly the guest engagement, there's the guest experience, which is front of mind when you're talking about, about hospitality and making sure it works from that experience. But just from what you're saying, it, it also has a, a key role to play in better operational management, forecasting, maximizing revenues, uh, efficiencies through technology. David, I wonder if you could just sort of bring your perspective from Aruba there about how you get better analytics to be able to make better informed decisions. And also crucially, that kind of importance of integration. We talked about multiplicity of apps, multiplicity of, of, of digital solutions, how we make sure that whole infrastructure works so you do deliver the operational efficiencies. Yeah, and it's, it's a really interesting question. And this, this goes back to that comment that I was mentioning before around everyone's in a different part of that journey. And having that ability for systems to communicate within each other or across each other, I think is vitally important to touch on all these different areas that we've come up as part of this conversation. And in my mind, it comes in a three, well, it's, it's, it's almost in three layers where you start with that foundation. We've talked about infrastructure. So so in our world, when I talk infrastructure, I'm talking about connectivity, so wireless and wired technologies. And the next key priority is making sure that that's secure, because you do not want 
anyone to be accessing parts of the network which you do not want them to be able to. And then the next, the next move of stage from there is interoperability, but also those services that Niels talks around around Eva. These other services that David's mentioned there about the different priorities in the hotel and being able to bridge those technologies to deliver this exceptional service. And something that I wanted to draw upon on David's last comments around that experience point is if you're a hotel brand, you want to be able to replicate that same experience in every single location. And it can't just be a one-off in one, one place. It has to be something that um, the organization strives for to be able to create that consistency. And again, for the operational staff, because otherwise people aren't able to actually deliver the service that they want to be able to deliver, therefore maybe not as fulfilled within their job role. But if you're able to give people the tools and the ability to be the best that they can be at work, they're going to have a better experience. They're going to come back to work every single day, giving their best. You provide that consistent experience for guests. They have a great time. They're going to look out for your brand in different locations to have that same experience again. And from an operational basis, the things that we're talking about there is just making it simple for IT operations, whomever it may be, to use this technology. Because as, as David said, if, if it's difficult, people will move past it and think that it doesn't work. And I think a lot of that comes through leveraging these technologies that Neil's touched on around uh, AI and automation, doing that the, in terms of our world of the network player, but then also just giving that visibility to in people within organizations so they can maintain control of it. And I think all of that builds this ability to have that integration so all these things actually deliver on what's been promised. David, from, from an operational perspective, um, clearly then you, you've got these competing drivers about why you're integrating and, and using a new piece of technology. Um, do you then do trial periods and, and test things out to see how it works? And which one has the bigger driver, the guest experience or, or the operational efficiency? Oh, that's always a wonderful challenge. Does it make money or does it save money? Um, we certainly trial things um, and certainly where technically possible because some things are, are unfortunately of such a nature that you either implement it or you don't. Um, but, but we're lucky here that we're quite a, a sizable hotel and therefore we're able to pressure test things. So when we test it even for a, a relatively short time, we've, we've put quite a lot through it. Um, so it's always a good measure. Uh, and, and with that, one of the key things is so... Yeah, there will be an operational efficiency, but ultimately it will come down to, does it make me money or save me money? And, and what those returns are gonna look like. But it's, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, that's, that is the, the, the underpinning piece. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and Neil, how, how, how helpful is it to do that, that pressure testing in real life environments to make sure that you've got the answers for both? Because as David says, you know, it, depending on the, the situation you're going into and the solution they want, it, it'll be either making money or, or saving money. Uh, but, but presumably those real life case studies bring it to life and, and make it translatable to, to any business of any scale. Correct. And when we first did it, um, the whole premise was a member of staff costs you this, this costs you this. There's a significant difference. Um, and away we went. But as we, uh, and, and I'll hold my hand up, I really didn't realise how powerful the AI is. And, it, and it's basically, it's as powerful as our imagination because there's nothing that we can't do. So as we deployed, 
we very quickly to see that it was a success. Nobody complained. Guests were happy. The customers were happy. But then you start being asked as you're over that hump of, oh, it actually does work. And the guests aren't saying, I don't want to speak to it. Can it do this? And earlier, somebody mentioned internal as well as guest. That was a surprise. Um, for example, just a, a very simple example, we found we can see what people are asking for. And the most common request, might not be a shock to you hoteliers, was HR. So um, we dealt with the HR and we can automate people phoning in sick and various other things, and also automate chasing people up to cover the shifts. And it, and it went on and on and on, it's, and still it goes on. It's nothing to be afraid of whatsoever. So I think, yes, it has been embraced um, and the sky's the limit. And, and it's, it's really a case of this passing on to everybody to not be afraid. When we've tested and tested and tested We've not managed to break it. The, the only way you can break it, really, I mean, we've tried with um, various Wigan accents and, and various other things or typing in particular words to make things go away, but it learns. Uh, and, and we, I mean, genuinely, we haven't managed to break anything that we've put in together. Um, I, I, and I think the, the, the key thing is for, for people to be happy to take a, a pilot, to embrace it, and also to think more rather than just here's a shrink wrap solution that will do this. It can more or less do anything because hotels are such high tech interconnected systems. The sky's the limit really. Do you want to come in there? I was just, yeah, I was also just going to add that one of the things when we do pilots is the pilot isn't just pressure testing the technology, but it actually in itself gives you those insights. So just like Neil was highlighting there, it's suddenly like we're doing a pilot on something else, another piece of tech at the moment. And it's highlighted information that we sort of went, well, I didn't know we were getting that. No. <laughs> Has anyone noticed a demand for this? No. And it's like, well, I can see the demands there. The, 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 the pilot has highlighted that we've, we've got a, an operational challenge that we need to address that we weren't even aware of. <laughs> so the um, analytics can help us be smarter yeah. and, and better yeah. as, as we move forward. Um, I'm going to move us on just to, to ask particularly one of the questions that comes up every time we talk about data and new technology solutions um, from the operators is this concern about privacy, data protection, guest information. How are we holding it? How are we managing it? And how are we informing customers about how it's going to be used? And obviously that came to the fore in COVID with COVID apps and checking codes. How's Aruba work to make sure that you can reassure your clients that that really sensitive issue about data, data protection and data breaches? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I think as we, we move more into an automated world, it's, all, it's always going to be a concern. And I think where this really comes into play is from a mobile application standpoint, because that's where we've got that ability to ask for consent before anything from a data perspective is, is actually maintained or held on behalf of a customer. And I think if guests aren't comfortable with that, or if hotels don't have a mobile application, that ability to restore data isn't there. Because as we, as we mentioned there, it's all consensual. Um, and then from a, in terms of a connectivity standpoint in, within a property, um, it, there's, a, there's a combined effort really in terms of the technologies that have been um, created, but then also mobile phone device manufacturers to really anomalize that data. Because it's in the best interest for that organization uh, with the overarching things which are in place, such as GDPR, 
to not hold that data either because it can cause negative impacts to an organization, either from a brand standpoint, but also from a, a cost standpoint, depending on what goes on. So I know I've mumbled around that a little bit, but in terms of th- two things there, really, in terms of being able to store personal information, it's consensual. And then from a technology standpoint, we anomalize that data because that way people are comfortable being able to leverage the services which the hotels are offering without feeling like they're being or their data is being used for things that they don't wish it to be used for. David, Neil, is there anything you want to add on on that point about privacy and and customer data? I think the the one thing is we we model here, it's part of GDPR, but it is the fact that Hold it using data um, to deliver services or to deliver things is using the data for the time that you need to use it to in order to deliver it and then dropping it. So arguably the AI knows that I'm in room 406 and I named Mr. Pride. So it will say, how do you do Mr. Pride, et cetera, and goes through that process. The next call comes in. It doesn't remember that David Pride just called. It remembers 406 called and there was a request, but beyond that, so it is, in terms of the, the design and, and people, because they're now, people are so much more data aware and data, data con, con, either consent or whatever, those things are now becoming privacy, privacy by design, which is the GDPR underlined, but it is exactly that. It's the legacy that we've got to pick up. So as we integrate to legacy applications is making sure that those applications don't still store it. The new ones are, are, are data savvy and it's just making sure you just say, I just hold just the information I need for the time I need it. Yeah, I don't think there's a need to be, I mean, holding data or personal data, it's a bit like being thrown a hot potato. Nobody wants it. <laughs> um, and you just throw it to the next person. You have it. No, you have it. The, um, so we, um, we don't keep what we need for very long. And kind of what David said, if David phones in his room 406, we know he's David Pride. We know he's in room 406. We know he's a gold and we know he's got this many points. But these things all come from different locations. So different systems, so somebody else can't get hold of it. And then we hold it for the time of the call and then it's gone because otherwise, you know, there's a risk. Personally, I mean, for anybody like us or for Woody and other such providers, there's huge um, regulatory and contractual requirements for us to be like that. We, We have to do it. We wouldn't be able to exist. David said legacy, and I think that's right. I mean, just in the last two weeks, we have had two customers in Europe who have received invoices from us that have somehow been intercepted. The bank details changed and they paid their money. They paid our bill into the incorrect bank. Um, Personally, I think that type of thing is a bigger problem than providers like us and and, um, Woody and others. We're heavily regulated that we have to do things properly. So if you're an operator, particularly our smaller operators that might be listening, who, who are, are less well adept at, at uh, uh, having the overview of regulatory compliance, it's about doing what you would do best in all your due diligence. Go back, make sure your supply chain is resilient, robust, ask the right questions of your suppliers so that they can provide the protections you need. I'm just going to move us on. It's been a really fascinating discussion, but I know we are are rapidly running out of time. So one of the things that always preoccupies me, both as a sort of my standpoint and looking at the industry and the operators, but also as a customer, I've collected a multiplicity of systems and apps and uh, things that I've needed to do during the COVID crisis. How do businesses know which trend or new technology is worthwhile 
And it's the $64 million question. Which one's just the fad? Which is going to be sticky? How do you how do you sort of look at that and reach those conclusions as to, to what is going to be the most helpful looking forward? I don't know who wants to take that one first, David. I was going to say, it's a very simple measure is taking it from very much a personal perspective. So when you look at technology, if you're the person who's sitting there going, oh, I can see this is going to be great for me as a guest and as an operator, et cetera. And more importantly, if you get excited about the possibilities into the future, if, the, you know, if, if it's bright and shiny and it's like looking at a, a, a trinket, you know, and you go, oh, that's great. And you think, oh, that's really nice. Would I wear it? Would I give it to someone? No. So in which case it's a fad, move on. <laughs> But whereas you sort of, you know, you see a, a beautiful piece of fabric and then you're thinking, oh, I could do this and I could do that. I could do, then suddenly, OK, this 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 has durability. Unusual analogies, I admit, but um, it is it, that's the test. And then underlying that, of course, is does it make money or does it save money? Do you not think like for a smaller operator, David, that perhaps I mean, it's very difficult. Um, and of course, budgets aren't uh, as great and you won't have a you know, a team going off um, looking at various things or indeed, you know, a queue of vendors at the door um, and you can't ask them to invent something for you like a, a Marriott or a Hilton might be able to. Um, so speaking to your peers, you know, look at us, we've got this and this, these are the reasons why you don't therefore know if it's a fad. You could perhaps judge by what bigger chains are doing and see if you could, you know, if they're rolling it out, perhaps it's not going to be a fad. Um, I mean, how would you go about it, David? The biggest thing is because the groups do it, particularly as an independent, does not necessarily mean it's a fad to follow because as an independent, you need to stand out from the crowd. You want to be want to be independent and it gives you the ability to be more agile with the technology. The brands spend years developing this stuff, ages implementing it, and then they cut it across every hotel and there's no uniqueness because it's the same experience. Whereas an independent, you have the opportunity to pick the right technology. Fundamentally out of this is that underlying architecture. So make sure you've got something in your hotel that you can run this on. I remember when Wi-Fi first came out and then someone said, let's stream movies. And I know many a Cotswold hotel that sort of went, what, you can stream movies? Uh-oh. <laughs> and all their internet disappeared overnight. So, you know, it is measure, you, know, you understand the technology and what the requirements are, put that in, look to your peers, particularly, you know, similar markets, similar sectors, and, and learn from each other. And that's the idea of UK hospitality, HOSPA and the other groups is about sharing experience. It's not about giving away your USPs and your, your sales initiatives, but just sharing and learning from each other. And I think even within doing those basic steps or the basic first steps in terms of getting that infrastructure in place, you can not only learn from your industry peers, but you can also learn from your environment because as soon as people connect, you can understand how people interact with that space. And that can be a really good steer in terms of what services will land well with your particular guests, especially in that independent space where that guest profile may change over time. And I think really where, when David talks about, is it gonna make you money or save you money? That really comes from that scale of the chains, but for the independent, as David also mentioned, it's that ability to stand out. So ask yourself what problem it is you're trying to solve 
ask your peers how they've experienced it and ask your suppliers about what R&D have they put into it that means you can be sure about where you're investing your hard-earned cash. I'm going to wrap that up now. It's been a truly fascinating discussion. Summary of, of, of what I've heard and what I've taken away from it is that tech is here to stay. It is the future. These are not just COVID issues that we've implemented and dealt with, but we can see through learning through COVID that consumers and customers are continuing to expect a much more frictionless experience and that will stick going forward. So an investment in those areas, an investment in solving the mundane, I think was how you characterized it, reaps big dividends, not only in the guest experience that we're able to deliver, but more importantly, in understanding how our business are working, how our teams are working, so that we can uh, ease the friction operationally. And that helps also with the finances and the bottom line. Um, so hoteliers are needing to adapt to how their customers are evolving, continuing to embrace technology, and that's delivering real-time bottom line benefits as we move back into the normal. Thank you very much to all the speakers. The details of the companies, the products we've discussed, also the two trade bodies that will help you get the best answers and the peer-to-peer networking and how customers can get in touch with them will be at the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening and thank you very much for your time. To find out more about how Aruba and 14IP can support your hotel network or to arrange a demo, visit www.14ip.com. And that's the letters, not numbers. So F-O-U-R-T-E-N-I-P dot com. For any follow-up questions or if you want to know how you can participate in a future UK Insight series podcast, email us at membership at ukhospitality.org.uk. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week and thank you for listening.